<laughs> All right. Going into pregame mode, uh, it is uh, the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The, Z- uh, the Zone. Uh, before we do so, we, we do want to mention we are doing the Road Home Radiothon. We need your help this holiday season, uh, and our Zone listeners are, are so generous every single year. But here's the number to call, 801-819-7300. Uh, just $10 takes a family of four off the street for a night. So you, your, your money is absolutely going to make an immediate impact. On Sunday, the road home between their two shelters uh, helped 750 individuals and families, Gordon. The need is great. And, you know, it's it's a bummer we're not down there uh, because, uh, you know, it's it's a reminder, at least for me in my personal life, of of uh, what to be grateful for this this time of the year. And I'm I'm missing that. But last year, I remember, you know, we were there and we saw the school bus pull up and the kids get off. And it's just, you know, these, these families need help, and, and it's all about the road home. It's all about getting families back on their feet and, and back to normal because then you hear these testimonials we, we've been playing throughout the show. You know, it, it happens to normal people, which, you, you know, is tough, whether it's all of a sudden you get hit with medical expense or, or lose your job or any number of different things. You know, people who are on the straight and narrow and living a normal life all of a sudden become in need, and it's just uh, – it's – it's 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 tragic and they need help. 801-819-7300. Please call in and donate. 801-819-7300. All right, Gordon, before we uh, dive um, into uh, the BYU-UCF bowl game uh, from Boca Raton, uh, there is some college football news out there that does uh, uh, impact the Mountain West. Um, a number of outlets. I saw Pete Thamel was the first one with it, but uh, apparently Boise State's Brian Harson is uh, the primary tar- target for the vacant Auburn job. And so there might be a vacancy up there at Boise State coming uh, sometime soon. But uh, your initial reaction to that, Gordon? Well, he's one of the ones that has been so vocal about Boise State leaving the Mountain West. So it's interesting that this is uh, a real possibility. The Auburn job, uh, my son-in-law played at Auburn, and he, he says that it's a tough place to coach because the expectations are so high, and yet you're in the same state as the University of Alabama. And it's so very competitive down there in the SEC but the fans don't want to worry about that. They just, they're going to look straight at you and say, hey, you get this program where it needs to be at the top of the standings. So it's a tough place to, to get your job done. But uh, I'm sure a capable coach could do it. I think this, I don't think he's going to succeed at Auburn uh, for part of the reason that, that you're talking about. Uh, I think Auburn is a good job, and I certainly think you can win there. I mean, they won a national title, what, uh, in the last 10 years? Longer, maybe? Anyway, uh, how long has Cam Newton been in the NFL? You mean that one over Oregon? Is that the one you're talking about? Uh, is that who they beat in the... In the uh, I thought so. I'll check it. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. They, they've won a national yeah. championship, at least uh, recently. I think you can win at Auburn. Here's the thing. With 2010. The ex- 2010. With the exception of Chris Peterson, Boise State coaches have gone on to bigger jobs and done nothing. So I wonder that is, that is a bit that is a bit of a curiosity, isn't it? Well, I have a theory. 
Chris Peterson was very choosy about where he took another job because he knew that, you know, they've obviously got a formula there in Boise that works. You know, it, it started in the late 90s, and they figured some things out, and it really works for that program. Well, Chris Peterson went to Seattle, which is not that far from Boise. So it really, you're recruiting the same region. It's the same type of job. You can pull that formula, you would think, and, and, and make it work at Washington, which I think it did. And if you remember, Gordon, Peterson turned down USC the year he took the Washington job. Hmm. So I think he knew that what he had going at Boise State, he could plug in at Washington and, and, and it would work. The other guys, um, the Dirk Cutter went to... Arizona, Arizona State, State. and yeah. that didn't go well. Um, who was a Hawkins who went to to Colorado, Colorado. and yeah. that was uh, and that was a disaster. And so, uh, I'll be really I'll be really curious to see if it works. But Auburn and Boise are nothing alike. <laughs> <laughs> Those programs are, have zero in common, and I will always wonder about. The regionality of things like we we usually see it in the Mountain West bringing like SEC coaches over to the Mountain West and they don't know how to recruit the area like we've seen Colorado State do that a couple of times. Um, Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's the same thing going to the SEC, right? You're going into a completely different part of the country uh, to a program where who knows if what you're doing at Boise will work. But with that said, I thought the same thing about Bronco Mendenhall and he's done fine at Virginia. So. Uh, you know, it's not infallible. But if I had to bet that this is going to work, I would bet no. I don't know how to feel about it as far as projecting whether it'll work or not. Because some football coaches just know how to do it. And if you know what you're doing, players will pick up on that. And the recruiting will come around. I hear what you're saying about regional knowledge and sort of being a part of that culture and whatnot, but uh, I think a real capable coach can can manage that. Uh, and, and whether this particular coach, Harson, can, I, I don't know. But uh, he, he better win because if he doesn't win, he's going to be out of there real quick. He may be out of there with a big paycheck, but, uh, you know, it gets back to that question. Would you rather stay at Boise and win for 10 years or go somewhere else, get a big payday, and be gone after three. Well, it, well, the other thing is, was Harson as good as Peterson? I think that program's fallen off a little bit. A little bit, but they're still really respectable. They went to what? They went to the was it the Fiesta Bowl seven, eight yeah. years ago, six, seven years ago? Well, if you talk to if you talk to the head of the uh, the uh, the playoff committee, uh, the only reason that Boise lost to BYU was because they didn't have their starting quarterback. Well, don't bring right? that up, Gordon. That's just going to enrage everybody. That Gary, <laughs> that Gary Barta guy couldn't go away fast enough. That buffoon. That, it talks out of both sides of his mouth, and like he'll he'll say one thing and then contradict it in the very next sentence. For him to actually mention Boise State's quarterback as a justification for not ranking BYU is ludicrous. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> that guy. And then, like we talked about yesterday, for him to rub salt in the wound by, by saying, well, sure, a G5 team could get in if they played a schedule like BYU had originally scheduled. Yeah. So uh, Harzen's uh, run there at Boise has included Fiesta Bowl in his first year. So that's Pete's Fiesta Bowl. Uh-huh. And then Poinsettia, Cactus, Vegas, First Responder, and Vegas. But he only has 19, 18 losses. To 69 wins. Yeah, he's a good coach. 
Yeah, He's Peterson had like three losses over five years or something crazy, though. Well, Peterson's one of the best coaches anywhere. Peterson had 12 losses his whole run yeah. at Boise. Yeah. And he was there for a decade at least, right? 06 to 13. Oh, not quite, but close. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, would, I don't think it's going to work, though. We'll see. See how it goes. We, we knew this was coming, though. Bart Har- Harson was wanting out of there. Years ago, right. it appears. He was trying to get the football program out of the Mountain West. And improve. if the program can't leave, he can. He's out. <laughs> That's the easier solution, right? Well, is, and is he going to go down there and cheat? And how was he cheating at <laughs> Boise, and can he duplicate said cheating at Auburn? Because remember, yeah. didn't they? Didn't Auburn have to build Cam Newton's dad a church or something like that? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. his stepdad. His yeah. stepdad. Is that what it was? Didn't I read somewhere today that Florida got busted? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's just sort of part of it down there. Do you think uh, independence played a big role in Bronco's decision to leave BYU? Because um, he was saying similar things for a couple seasons about how he wanted BYU to he wanted to be in a Power Five and he he had Power Five offers and on and on and. I think it played a role, but I think that UVA was doubling his salary probably. Although that'll, it, that'll that'll work. If you listen to Bronco, he passed up jobs that would have paid him more before, but but like the fact that he was even inquiring about those jobs tells you something about his interest to look around. I get it with coaches have been in one spot for a long time though. And BYU is such a unique circumstance. I I would understand a coach who's been there for a decade wanting to say and you know what? Like I want to I want to run a football program that I this sounds really bad I was about to say more normal and I don't mean for that to come off as negative but not deal with um not deal with honor code stuff and not have recruiting so narrow I mean the you know it's it's just different I would imagine it's it's more difficult in a lot of ways and Bronco was kind of an outsider even though he, he's from Utah County he uh he, he wasn't a BYU guy you know so he had to adjust to some things, and he may have overcooked a few things. Uh, and uh, after a number of years, he he probably was ready to go somewhere else. Yeah, Since this I, is uh, a, the game tonight is against UCF, can I ask you guys a question I've heard ballyhooed about for a few days now about this particular matchup? Let's hear it. The quarterback at UCF, what's his name, O'Brien? No, uh, it's Dylan uh, Dylan. Uh, I'm forgetting Gabriel. Gabriel, thank you. Why did I think O'Brien? Anyway, uh, apparently he grew up hating BYU because he his dad played for Hawaii and that old rivalry. And I've heard several people bring this up as uh, an interesting point of tonight's game to see if that if that if that will fire him up. Is that interesting at all to either of you? I think, uh, I, I think any time in a game like this that you can find a connection between the teams, it could be interesting. I, I see the That's face what I think I is see. happening here is we're reaching so far we're going to pull a hamstring. Yeah, I, I see your face there, and I get it that it's a bit of a stretch. I hear you. And, and yeah, my hammy's, uh, you know. When they asked Zach Wilson about it, he said, I don't even think my dad knows that. You know? But you got to find a way to sell the matchup, you know. And you're trying to look for a connection between a school in Provo and uh, where is Central Florida, Orlando? Look, it's a great. Th- I'm not the beat writers. I get it. They got to come up they with something find every day. Something. But I, for me, I, I, I don't. It, I rolled my eyes pretty hard. I mean, well, he, it, was, does, he was probably he was probably asked about it, 
And uh, he said, yeah, well, uh, my dad, I, I didn't like BYU because my dad played, for, you know, if that's, I could see it going down that way. But if he's so filled with vitriol because he just can't stand BYU <laughs> uh, and he brought it up on his own, then I think it might uh, play some role. But if he was just answering a question, well, what do you know about BYU or how do you feel about this matchup? And he says, yeah, well, my dad didn't like him, so I didn't either. I mean, that's... That's uh, how it went, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that means much. Well, this is just another one of those... I mean, what, how much does it mean that uh, Zach Wilson grew up rooting for Utah? It doesn't matter at all. The the the, the media, or in this case, the broadcast uh, teams, uh, and, the, and the media, and the beat writers, they're looking for something to make this interesting. Does it matter? Absolutely not. But is it some sort of connection between the two programs? Kind of. So they're going to talk about so it. So there's a reason I asked you this question, because now I'm going to ask you a tougher one. What is the number one interesting thing about this matchup tonight? Zach Wilson, last game. Period. But you said that earlier. I did say that earlier. I, I think but, it's the two that the offense against BYU's defense and the offense against UCF's defense, the two high-powered offenses, uh, and who's going to who's going to be more explosive? How about this? I guess my overall point is it feels kind of hollow to me. It feels a little empty. How about this? Because UCF is a good team, and BYU hasn't played a ton of good teams. This is another good team for BYU to play against. Yeah, that gets back to the credibility issue. And this is another opportunity for BYU to show. This is a team that lost to Cincinnati, what, what three points? I mean, it's a good team. Uh, what was the score of that game? Was it 36-33? Yep. Something like that. Uh, I mean, th- this uh, the Knights can play football. So BYU better show up and be ready to play. They're seven-point favorites, I think. Uh, they, they're going to have to play, bring their A game in order to win. So, I, I mean, maybe we are digging a little bit to make this interesting, but I, I think what you what we've hit on about UCF being good, I, I think that's probably the thing. I mean, there's, let's see this BYU team go out and play against another good team. Yeah, I, I think making the comparison between the quarterbacks, they're both good. I mean, that that's interesting to me when you see two teams – with quarterbacks, uh, it's such an important position that uh, and and they do things uh, that are of equal value to their teams. So yeah, that that is interesting to me. I don't think this is a ho hum game. Uh, I, maybe some BYU fans wanted a big P five marquee program to to go up against, but uh, UCF is no slouch. Man, when you go into a bowl game thinking. Oh, man, I'm bummed out that we're playing this team. Uh, that's when you get your butt kicked. Uh, I think there was I, I think there was some of that with Alabama when they played the Utes. Utes just took them apart. They were down. They lost the, the championship game in their league, and they, they were bombing, or they lost that. Who'd they lose to that year, guys, in 08? Alabama, they lost to Florida. Florida. And so they were they were dragging a little bit, and uh, and and the Utes. I'll never forget. Uh, I'm sitting there in the stadium that day, and I'm watching, and it was no fluke. Utah just kicked that team all over the field, and uh, the, you can make it an excuse if you want. Oh, Alabama didn't really want to be there. Whatever, uh, they weren't ready to play, and the Utah punished them for it. And that's all credit to to the Utes. 
They're going to show up, man. BYU's, and I, and I think they are. I think they, for what you said, Jake, they want, they want to prove to people that they're really a good team. Zach Wilson said that. He said, I mean, we don't want to lose this game. We want to win this game. There's no way to finish off a season with a loss. And considering that this is probably his last college game, the last thing he wants to do is lose this thing. Uh, we've got some breaking news. We're going to get to Kalani Sataki's uh, media availability this week coming up right around the corner, so stay tuned for that. You'll hear from the head coach at BYU. But, uh, Austin, we have a little bit of uh, breaking news. The the Athletic reporting something? Yeah, Max Olson of The Athletic is reporting that Jake Bentley has entered the transfer portal. Dun-dun-dun. Not a surprise. Not a wonder, surprise. Wonder, wonder where he's going to end up. Uh, I don't know. He's he's BYU. obviously no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he's obviously willing to move uh, to other parts of the country. So, uh, and maybe he'll have a chance to to finish off his collegiate career a little bit better because he did struggle. You think he was ticked off that he got pulled in that game? Um, I don't know. Washington probably State. probably wasn't real pleased about it, but he had to know he wasn't playing well. I, I think that he was. I think he saw it coming when he wasn't named the starter to start the yeah. season. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, because he wants to play. As and then the season so didn't much. go well for him. Yeah. And then they recruited two other quarterbacks, so that's probably not good news. Well, yeah. And they got a, a stud youngster coming in. Yeah, they recruited one and transferred two. Yeah. yeah probably not a good sign. So Jake Bentley is uh, transferring. He's entered the transfer portal. Uh, okay, we'll have uh, Kalani Satake coming up next. want to remind you, though, uh, the Road Home Radiothon is going on right now, and we need your help. Uh, here's the number to call, 801-819-7300. And uh, we do compete against the other radio stations, and we like to win. So mention that you're a, a Zone listener. But uh, big thanks to all our listeners who have donated already. And uh, if you're on the fence, come on, you can do it. Every little bit helps, 801-819-7300. Um, Hundred dollars will get you any drop on this on the station. Austin will put it in MP3 form and send it to you. Uh, so just a little incentive there. Five hundred bucks get you a Zoom call with the entire Zone Sports Network staff, and we promise to tell you lots of stories that we can't tell on the air. I think that one's a good one. And there is there. I didn't hear a limit on participant numbers on that. Oh, I don't know. I don't is know. Is it five hundred dollars for just one person? Or could you do five hundred dollars and a your bunch buddies? of uh, zoom in on it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. I don't, whatever. Let sure Scotty we, tackle that. Yeah, one we're, when it comes we're up, flexible, huh? man. We just we just want to raise money for a good as long cause. As that's five hundred. Yeah, whatever. Money. Let's do it. Yeah, and, 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 and just picture in your mind's eye these families down there that Jake's talking about. They're being helped from these contributions. I mean, it is. They are just like you and me. They're just regular folk who are trying to make their way through. And they have found themselves in, in a tough spot right now. Uh, they need they need our help. So let's uh, let's do what we can to. And and Jake, last year when we were looking in the faces of those kids, yeah. man, didn't that just hit you right in the solar oh, plexus? Man. Oh man, I mean, no kid should have to go through that. These these families just need a little boost. And yeah. uh, that's that's the idea. Again, I love the name of the organization, the Road Home, because it really illustrates what what they're trying to do. It's about a little boost to help people put their lives back together. And, and our and our listeners have been so generous uh, through the years, and again this year they're being generous. Uh, join the club. Uh, just give what you can, a little bit or a lot, whatever you can afford, to help uh, help out your neighbors, because that's what you're doing. Eight oh one. 
Uh, it's the road home. Coming up next, we'll let you hear from Kalani Satake straight ahead as we get you ready for the Boca Raton Bowl, which did you know here? i got to bring this up. Do you know what the, the sponsor is, Gordon? It's the, uh, yeah, I read it. It's not like the, uh, it's not lawn care. It's uh, oh, roofclaim.com. Roofclaim, yeah. Boca Raton Bowl. So there you go. Uh, more straight claim. ahead. What, what, are the, what business are they in? Uh, do they fix roofs? Well, they, Sounds they like a roof insurance I, company I to me. Yeah, I don't think they're a tiling company. I mean, isn't that roofclaim.com? I don't think they're the plumbing. ceiling is the roof. Yeah. I don't, don't think they're a plumbing company or else, uh, you know, it's just <laughs> it's a bad name. They're for a, a woodworking uh, <laughs> operation. Stay tuned. More now, next. I, if I have to explain what, what Michael Jordan meant when he said the ceiling no. is the no, roof. No, 97.5 and 1280 the zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We'll let you hear from Kalani Satake momentarily, but we have some drama uh, going on in Boca Raton, Gordon. Uh, drama. Somebody tweeted at our guy Jay Drew from the Deseret News, which still, uh, still feels weird to say, by the way, but uh, Jay for the Des News uh, tweeted at him, says, have you seen Grimes slash Mateos on the field? BYU's coaches, Coach Grimes, Coach Mateos. Jay says, I did not see either coach on the field, and I didn't see either coach get off the team buses. I've asked BYU spokespersons about them and let you know when slash if I know. So there's so any number of reasons that they might not be there, obviously, but mm, could be. Jeff Grimes, a finalist for the Broyles Award for uh, best assistant coach in college football. You don't suppose that he could be inquiring about another opportunity somewhere, do you? Maybe, Gordon. Don't know what that would be, but maybe. I know Jeff Grimes has gotten a lot of credit this year for what he has done uh, with that BYU offense. Like I just said, he's a finalist for that award, which is a prestigious award. But, and they've got other guys there who have really have helped. Uh, Aaron Roderick is huge, and uh, Fessy Sataki. Those guys are smart offensive minds. So, uh, and I, I don't know. I, I hope those guys are well, you know. I hope they're feeling okay. Yeah, like I said, there there could be any number of reasons that they were not on the team bus or not uh, coaching today. And we don't know. Maybe they took their own car to the stadium. Who knows? Um, all right, let's get to uh, Coach Satake. This is uh, his media availability from earlier in the week. Let's give it a listen. Uh, looking forward to the bowl game. I'm excited that uh, we... we know uh ahead of time and then we're able to get you know start working on on ucf i'm excited about the opportunity to play them a team that's had a lot of success and have done a lot of things in in the past and and, uh under 
Josh Heupel's leadership. They've done a great job and an explosive uh, team on offense and, and defense and special teams. A lot of athleticism and speed. And um, it's going to be a great matchup for us. You know, we're looking forward to the game. Um, just thankful that we get to play a game and play in this bowl game. And our players are, are fired up and excited about the opportunity and uh, looking forward to getting down to a, uh, you know, we played some cold weather conditions uh, this, this last weekend and, uh, uh, it kind of reminds you why you don't play football uh, in Provo in, in December. So, uh, although we had a lot of fun with it, we're looking forward to to getting out out to the East Coast and, and playing in Florida against a, a fine team that has tons of uh, athletes and really impressed with their quarterback. You know, I've known him, so I've seen him play since he was in high school. So, um, this is going to be an exciting game and, and uh, go play the, the bowl game and, and have our guys enjoy their time during the holidays and spend Christmas at home. So I'll take any questions you guys have. All right, questions from Jason Shepard, Jared Lloyd, and Norma Gonzalez. Kalani, I'm just interested in your thoughts on, on what it means to you guys to have played as many games as you have to this point. I mean, 11 regular season games, and now the bowl game will be 12. It's pretty amazing that you guys have been able to get that many games in with everything that's been going on. Yeah, I mean, I, and that's why I think for us it's just uh, really, really thankful and uh, you know, we have a lot of appreciation for the people that allowed it to happen and, and that have educated us in the whole process of the pandemic, COVID testing and everything. And and then, I, I mean, I'm just impressed with our administration, our athletic leadership that we have here at Tom Homo and and then our sports medicine department. And then when it comes down to it, the, the players um, making the right decisions, uh, doing doing things on the, in their own personal lives to socially distance and and make sure that they they uh, you know do as well as they can on the tests and we've had to make adjustments uh, to our roster and to our depth chart just like everybody else has but our players have done everything they can to be in a position where uh, we can at least try to minimize the the spread and and get them so that we can have a, an opportunity for our team to show up and, and play games so uh, just really uh, have this this feeling of gratitude that we're able to get the, that game the games going and and the opportunities that we had to play the opponents and so we express our appreciation to everyone that allowed it to happen uh, with our opponents and their conferences and then uh, definitely here at BYU so thank you. I know that bowl games are, are looked at as a reward for a good season. How happy are you that this team is able to be rewarded with something like this? Yeah, I'm excited that we, that, uh, you know, we've been able to be invited to this game and, and, um, you know, normally you'd uh, we'd be done with football and have those opportunities to get those practices in the way. So uh, this year has been a little different where the season has kind of extended. And so we've already been in bowl prep. Uh, the only difference is that we get to play games in between, you know. And so uh, the fact that we were able to play some games and get some experience for a lot of guys and um, a lot of young players are stepping up and made a lot of plays. And so I think this is, in a, in a way, has been really probably more beneficial for us that we're able to uh, have bowl prep type of practices and then uh, then you know going and compete and allow these young people the, the underclassmen on our team with that are inexperienced an opportunity to get out there and then make some plays and we saw a lot of those guys make plays on, on Saturday night Jared did you have a question there we go Kalani, I imagine that a lot of the traditional bowl festivities that surround it will be limited because of the, the pandemic situation. What's your timeline like? What's your schedule like as you prepare to, to play next week? 
Yeah, I think for us, it's going to be way different than, than a, a regular bowl game. Not a lot of the festivities. Uh, I think we're going to treat it like a, um, a regular away game. And so being in the East Coast, I think we have time now to, to uh, get our schedule. We can get out there a couple days before the game. Normally, when you play in two time zones away, you want to go, uh, you know, 48 hours there before the game. And then uh, we were able to do that with the with last time we went to the East Coast because of timing. But I think this time we'll be able to get out there a couple days before and then have some prep uh, you know on Monday and then play the game Tuesday and and then uh, you know kind of disperse from there have guys go home that that live pretty much on the east side of the Mississippi fly from from Florida home and then those that are going to travel can fly back here to to Utah and and catch their flights and be home for Christmas so that's uh, for us timing works out you know the prep that we're going we're gonna, we're in finals this week, so we're giving our guys a lot of time to prep for their finals and and uh, finish their their uh, their semester right, and then you get to end it with a with a competitive football game that we're looking forward to playing. A lot of bowls have had to be canceled because of the pandemic and everything. How relieving was it to get an invitation to be able to get this this game on the schedule? Yeah, huge huge relief because our guys love playing the game of football, and I, I mentioned it before that. You know, we were we were committed to doing whatever we can to play as many games as possible, and and the fact that we got to this point right now with eleven and opportunity to play twelve, um, really can't complain. Especially when you look back at, you know, there's a time where we didn't have any games out there scheduled, and uh, I think North Alabama might be the only one that was scheduled, and and then we started to get some some games on our schedule, and and uh, it just worked out really well that we were able to play football, and then. Just really, really thankful that, that these guys are able to do that. And at a time where, where bowl games are canceled, getting canceled and, and teams are opting out, you know, from play, playing the bowl games, I just really, really uh, appreciate the opportunity for our guys to play one more time together. Hey, Kalani, what type of challenge do you think this uh, bowl game presents for you guys? And what do you guys still have to accomplish before the season is over? Well, we got one more game together, and there's some things that we know we can play better and, and perform better at. But, uh, you know, we're going to go against a, a really um, established team with that's got some time off. They haven't played a game in a while, so I'm guessing they've healed up really quickly. And, and um, you know, and if you watch their games and you, you look at their film and you see their stats, they, they're an explosive team. And so offensively, um, you know, we're going to have to match their, their uh, scoring output. And obviously we want to win the game. We want to score more points than them. And, and it's going to be a tough task for us. But we'll, I think if we play, uh, you know, our, our type of football, which we've been talking about as complimentary football in all three phases, I think we'll have a good chance. And uh, this is going to be a good test for us, though. Looking forward to it. And, and I think our guys are excited about, the, about you know, the opponent, about UCF and, and the things that they've done. The past, and when you put on film, is you can't deny the fact that they got players all over the place and a well-coached team. I've known those coaches. I get, I've known a lot of guys on their coaching staff for a number of years now, and seeing the things that they've been able to accomplish and and the way they keep rolling through those. I mean, they they lost the games that they lost were, were really close games, and and um, so you know I think this is probably a year where, where things have been so different and maybe not seeing UCF in their American championship game is, is a little off, but uh, for, for the most part, when you watch their film, uh, that conference is a tough conference. When you watch the film, they, they are an impressive team and well-coached and, and tons of speed and discipline and, and, and strong. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
And you guys have yet to win a game in the state of Florida. Do you think this is the year you guys can finally break that curse? Thanks, Norma, <laughs> for the reminder. Yeah, I mean, why not? Never won in the blue turf before, so, you know. It's a good time to go do some some new things, and um, you know we we have a lot of support out there in Florida and in, in the South and in you know in the East Coast, and so uh, I think we go out there and try to play our best, not worry about the history of things, but um, there's always a good time to to change things up and make things work in our favor. And so I think if we uh, show it our best and, and perform at our best, we'll see what happens. We can feel really happy with what, what the results are going to be. Okay, Mitch Harper, Dick Harmon, and Jake Couch. Yeah, Kalani, you mentioned uh, a few moments ago that you've got a little bit of relationship with some of the guys on the staff, in particular Josh Heupel. He's crossed paths in this state with Snow College. He played there and then coached at Utah State. Have you had any sort of interactions with, with Heupel over your coaching tenure? Yeah, I mean, I, obviously – I've known about him for a while because that's that's just what we do. We we know all the the local connections here, and, and then we follow him. And then, you know, we're all football we all football junkies, so we know everything about even the coaches. And so, uh, you know, just been really impressed with the things that he's done there. And you look at the staff that he has around him, and you look at how every year uh, they, their their team is explosive on offense. That's a huge reflection of him. And the things that that that, that Coach Heupel does, and then uh, you look at the the mentoring of the quarterbacks. I mean, they had uh, you know an explosive quarterback before who, who went through a devastating injury, and um, then you know this this young Gabriel kid comes in and um, tears it up, you know, and, and he's he's uh, still doing it. And look at the the numbers; they don't lie. So um, the mentoring and the, the the coaching that that he's getting and. Uh, that that's a huge reflection of, of what Hypo does. That's that's his that's his expertise. And so um, then you look at the things that they do defensively. I mean, uh, with Randy and then special teams with Nick. That it's it's an impressive group, and their players play hard. and And I think they they have a, a really good system working there at UCF. Once the the New Year Six maybe was off the table, were you guys at BYU, Homo, you were you guys wanting to have maybe a pre Christmas bowl game to make sure guys were able to get back home to their families for Christmas after this long bubble-like grind they've been in? Um, you know, our guys have just wanted to play football. And so I think we were just um, waiting for, um, you know, ESPN and, and and for the bowl games to make their announcements and, and, and do their invites. And so if there was a chance, I mentioned it before, there was a chance that we could get a later bowl game and play a game this weekend. We were going to try to do that. And, and uh, you know, with the game being on the 22nd, obviously we can't play on the 19th, although some guys want to do that anyways. But, uh, you know, I, I'm just thankful I get to coach a bunch of young men that love playing the game of football and are up for any challenge. And, and we definitely have one now with, with uh, UCF and um, and we're just, we're, we're already excited to, to prep for it. And I think it just works out that, that our, our guys get to be home for Christmas. I know a lot of them uh, weren't able to go home for, for Thanksgiving, things like that, but, um, but that's everywhere else, you know, we're, we're thankful to play the game first and, and uh, afterwards, we'll, you know, we got one last hurrah with this group and it's not going to be the same team next year. We'll have some guys, That'll come back, and we'll have a, a good number of leadership that are, will be gone. So it's a good time to try to send them out the right way, like we did this weekend at home. All right, there you go. That's BYU head coach Kalani Satake. We will continue to get you ready for the Boca Raton Bowl coming up next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
It's a big show. BYU pregame mode here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Getting you ready for BYU taking on UCF. The game will start at 5. And, uh, Gordon, as we uh, march on up to kickoff, by the way, Bowler will join us at 5, so we'll switch gears and, and move over to talk a little jazz as the BYU game goes on. But uh, give us kind of what you're expecting from the Cougars uh, tonight, Gordon. I expect them to be, well, the, one of the takeaways in listening to Kalani Sataki talk, uh, as we heard, his team seems really excited to be there. And when you're at a bowl game, that's a big deal. These guys want to play. And uh, they're motivated, I think, to show what they can do, and Zach, including Zach Wilson, who has already rocketed up draft boards and is a first-round projected pick in the NFL. And he, he wants to – he continues to want to show well. And, uh, and I think that, that, that is the case with the whole team. So you got that going for you. you got that offense. I think they want to come out and show what they're capable of doing. Uh, in in this bowl game and just just go out and fire on all cylinders. And it'll be really important for them to sustain their drives, not to have mistakes interrupt those drives. So, and, and I think that's particularly uh, important early to be able to be uh, on a hot streak right from the beginning. And if they do that, I think they'll maintain it throughout. Yeah, I expect to see a sharp football team, particularly offensively. I, th- I think they should be able to move the ball at will. Uh, we've talked about this a lot. It will, uh, it will be interesting to see what uh, BYU defense shows up. Because I think if they can hold U- UCF in the 30s, I think BYU wins going away. Maybe not yeah. going away. Maybe that's a little strong. But, uh, I mean, that's not that high a standard to hold this BYU defense to, right? They can hold this UCF team in the 30s. I think that's more than uh, realistic. Well, people are a little jumpy about that defense. They're not quite sure, you know, are they going to be able to stop the run? Or are they going to be consistent? Are they going to stop drives so they can get the ball back in Zach Wilson's hands, especially against a team that has a, a really proficient offense, averaging 586 yards a game. So that's their challenge. And if they do it just enough, then I think BYU's offense is good enough to go ahead and win it for them. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, now, you know, travel and I guess this Florida curse or or whatnot. I mean, this BYU team should be used to uh, facing adverse um, uh, situations like that. I wouldn't expect them to be phased all that much by it, but obviously UCF didn't have to go far to play in this game, and, and BYU had to travel across the country. But I think this BYU team's good. I know we've we've talked about how they need to prove themselves against good teams, and I get that, but I'm pretty confident that this is a good BYU team, and I think they should beat a good UCF team. But I, I expect a fun game. I expect to see some fireworks. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think this this is going to be the classic shootout. And who knows, we say that and then watch it be a defensive struggle, but that's not what I would expect. I think both of these offenses, both of the led by quality quarterbacks, obviously, and, uh, and uh, UCF has a player or two that is not going to play in the game. I think their leading receiver are not going to go, yeah. mm-hmm. but, uh, but they've got some running backs who are really good. And so, yeah, I expect... I expect a game that would be in like 48 to 33 or something like that. Plus, I think Zach Wilson actually has a lot to play for. I mean, it, depending on uh, whose draft board you look at, uh, I've mm-hmm. seen him uh, anywhere from two to five. 
So if you can go out there and, and really light it up, maybe you can turn some heads and uh, cement a better draft position for yourself. Although, you know, the NFL teams probably know what they're looking at with him, but maybe if you have one of those headline-grabbing performances, it, it will uh, uh, be able to maybe improve, maybe make a little extra money and improve your draft stock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's got a lot on the line, like you said. I mean, I don't know what the difference is. I'd have to go back and look what the difference is between being drafted fifth and being drafted 16th. But I imagine it's probably sizable. Yeah, right. He's going to go in the first round, though. It looks that way. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it does. It looks that way. I don't know how many quarterbacks are going to be drafted uh, in the first round, but I'd, I'd bet on it. I don't know so if he's it, the second uh, quarterback taken. But he'll be he'll be up there. Yeah. So if BYU fans want to remember Zach Wilson as being uh, a, a high quality BYU a quarterback, and it's been a while since BYU has had a quarterback drafted in that neighborhood. How long has it been? Jim McMahon, Steve Young. What were they first? No, Steve rounders? Young. Steve Young wasn't drafted. He was in the playing in the USFL. Um, John Beck was a. Th- Second or third First, round? Yeah, th- no, second, was, I think. Yeah, yeah, second round. So obviously, they think, and they being uh, NFL scouts, think this guy's got all the tools that he's for real. So uh, this is your last chance as a BYU fan to see see this guy play. So why wouldn't you want to tune in for that? And I and I expect BYU fans to walk away satisfied by what uh, they see out of Zach Wilson, their their star quarterback. Uh, it, it will be interesting, though, if Zach can can keep the intercept, interceptions down in this game because I think BYU is going to throw it a whole lot. And uh, <laughs> when you do that, you're never quite sure. He's only thrown three interceptions all year long. But uh, what happens if he throws a couple in this game? That would be really detrimental for BYU. It's always detrimental. Turn the ball over. But this is a game where they have to take advantage of their offensive opportunities. So it'll be key for them to sustain drives. This is true for every game, but I think particularly this one because they're playing an opponent who can score too. So they have to sustain drives, then they have to take advantage of their scoring opportunities in the red zone, and they cannot turn the ball over or else that will spark that night football team to come back and beat them. So they have to they have to be, as I said earlier, they have to bring their A game in order to win this. All right, don't forget, Austin Horton will be hosting the post game for the Boca Raton Bowl tonight. So, Oh, there's no telling what Austin might say. I certainly will be tuning in. Get your dialing fingers ready after the game goes. Austin's going to be taking calls and breaking this one down uh, as soon as it goes final. So keep it uh, keep it tuned right here to the Zone Sports Network. All right, uh, we are doing the Road Home Radiothon. Call to donate, 801-819-7300, 801-819-7300. Uh, just got this message from the road home, actually, uh, Gordon. Um, uh, they're they're uh, at 90% of the goal this year, right now. Mm. We're at 90% of the – that's the overall fundraiser. We're at 90% of the goal. And, um, you know, just pulling back the curtain a little bit, we were expecting this year was going to be a, a, a pretty tough year. So the fact that we're at 90% is extremely exciting. It's great news. Thanks to everybody who's donated. But, man, we got to work these last couple hours, Gordon. Wouldn't it be great if we could close that 10%? 
Oh, yeah, let's get it. Yeah. Because the Zone listeners are the ones that are going to do it if anybody does. Let's do it. All right, one one final big push. Let's get to where we were last year. That would be amazing, given the circumstances. One big yeah. push. Here we go. 801-819-7300. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll break this, too, and, and we'll, we'll inform the folks down there. If we get to $5,000 raised in the 5 o'clock hour, uh, Austin said he'll play the, the Chester Shadows Dirty-Minded Reel. Oh boy. We can do it. We've got well, 60 minutes to do it. If we can raise 5 grand this hour, we will play it. It is funny and it it's at my expense, but I got to tell you it, it it will make you laugh. It will make you laugh. It'll make me cry. Uh 801-819-7300. One final push. Here we go. 801-819-7300. We need your help. We're going to close that 10% in these last couple hours. We're going to do it. Stay tuned. More Big Show coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.